Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the KUCI management nor the University of California Board of Regents. Good morning. As I said, this is KUCI 88.9 FM streaming live, we hope, all over to Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Costa Rica, Brazil, Ecuador, and the UK. This is Claudia Shamba, your host on Ask a Leader. Today we're going to cover it all from the international scope of the Newkirk Center's Sustainability Conference currently in session on UCI's campus and then to a local treat of a Friday night free concert series presented in beautiful downtown Santa Ana. All that right here, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us today on Ask a Leader. We are back uh, during the week of July 18th. This week, UCI's Newkirk Center is hosting a summer seminar series, Empowering Sustainability on Earth. 70 emerging leaders from 20 different countries are congregating here like an amazing brain trust of activism and um, and academia at UC Irvine to share and advance their best ideas in science, law, and governance in sustainability. Here in Studio A, I have with me five of those illustrious individuals as my guests here on Ask a Leader. The public is invited to attend the evening programs continuing tonight and tomorrow night at UCI's Social Behavioral Science Building 1517. Now I strongly advise listeners to get out your atlases in whatever form you have while I introduce these illustrious contributors, each one of them worthy of an hour's guest appearance. They are here to tell us about where they're from and the roles they've assumed and developed in their respective countries. First, uh, we'll, start, we'll, well, I'll name them all and then we'll start with um, the first guest, Mitch. Soleil, and please say your last name so I don't slaughter it. Alim Bekova. From Bishkek. Uh, Kyrgyzstan. She's with the youth program at the Institute for Social Development in the capital city of Bishkek. And uh, also on the show is going to be Vladimir Bartenev from Moscow, Russia. He's an associate professor of world politics and director of the Center for Security and Development Studies in Moscow State University. Also, Rosario, Ro Rocio. Rocio Carroza from San Jose, Costa Rica, an and social environmental activists employing massive communication. Next, we'll have Solange Teles de Silva from Sao Paulo and Manos, uh, Brazil. She's an attorney and an environmental law professor at McKenzie University and the State University of Amazons in Manos, Brazil. Uh, unfortunately, Carlos Zoria, an Ecuador coffee grower and executive director of a grassroots non-governmental organization, DeCoin, was not able to make it. He's busy keeping preparations going at the Newkirk Center's conference, um, but uh, he may pop up at the last minute. We can't be sure. And then finally joining us is Sarah Wolcott, an American from Berkeley, California, currently working in England as a consultant and research on climate change, human values, and global transitions to sustainability. Welcome all of you to Ask a Leader. I'm so glad you're here. Let's start with Soleil. Good morning, UCI. Thank you. And I would like for you to tell us a bit about what we need to know better about Kyrgyzstan and where the sustainability theme comes in and the activism that you're trying to to institutionalize in Kyrgyzstan. Thank you about your question. I will try to explain and uh, to present you my country. 
Uh, I came from Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan is a Central Asian country that borders with uh, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan and China and it is a post-Soviet Union country. Kyrgyzstan has a 5 million population and it's uh, get, uh, get, uh, get it its uh, independence uh, 20 years ago. So uh, Kyrgyzstan is a I think that Kyrgyzstan is a very ecological uh, country because we, uh, uh, actually we do not have industrial plants, we do not have uh, uh, very high, uh, like, how can I say, uh, industri industrialized uh, society. So that's why, uh, our but our country uh, uh, is uh, rich of water, uh, is rich of, um, uh, it is agricultural country. So we are on the way of, of building uh, building our ecological environmental laws and everything uh, in in terms of me what I'm uh, what I'm supposed to do for my country after participating in this uh, conference I, I work there for Institute for Social Development as Claudia already told uh, and I do some youth programs uh, to strengthen the potential of young people of Kyrgyzstan there. So uh, now we started a project with U.S. Embassy and uh, alumni U.S. Alumni Association in Kyrgyzstan. So uh, we try to, uh, we will try to uh, make uh, uh, ecological problems um, known in our country. So and what else? Uh, except this, I, we are making. I uh, I am making a film with my. Uh, yeah, film movie called Bishkek I Love You. It's like a Paris I Love You or New York I Love You. So in this film, we al also will try to raise the problem of ecology in one small uh, film inside. So uh, does it feel like uh, in your environmental <laughs> activism that you're trying to institutionalize, that you're at the crossroads of a lot of uh, resource yes. uh, sort of uh, distribution and it makes it even more complicated with international oil companies and other contractors that are trying to decide how to chop Kyrgyzstan up for their own benefits? Uh, yes, we, we face such kind of problems, I think, that, that most uh, countries in the world, uh, small countries, have. But actually, uh, it is a rather uh, uh, hard situation in, politi in, in politics in Kyrgyzstan. As you may know, we, have, we had uh, two revolutions uh, during these past five years. So now our new politicians and opposition tries to, to uh, make a rule of law uh, in our country more strong. So, uh, but and now that's why we face that problems with investors coming to our country like all uh, big oil companies or, or other but uh, uh, if we now will not be built a strong society strong uh, environmental system in Kyrgyzstan yes it can hur uh, hurt our country it can cause some problems in this sphere so are you mm -hmm. finding that the youth the uh, target population in yes. your programs are they are they understanding the charge that you're trying to instill here uh, Thanks for this question. This is a very good question, and Thank you. It, it belongs to me because uh, uh, I think that uh, young people is the most active uh, part of the society. So, if we will uh, promote and make a big propaganda of understanding how how ecolo ecological mind must be set in Kyrgyzstan, uh, so it it will it is a very fruitful uh, ground. So, when you say propaganda, um, that has connotations in all sorts of cultures and languages, but you're trying to. Stay uh, credible, stay believable. So perhaps you're promoting yeah, promote. environmental policy yes, versus yes, yes. Uh, painting a different picture uh, than uh, than what is reality. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And now we, we have different tools to make it, like internet or TV. So uh, and uh, gatherings, uh, different kind of gatherings uh, of uh, young young people. So through these instruments, uh, we can make it uh, more easier and, and understandable. So what I want to do when I came back, uh, to when I will come back to Kyrgyzstan. I want to make a film, uh, maybe a series of film about uh, ecology in Kyrgyzstan and ecology in the world. How can we be, be built in this um, in this uh, global in this glo global world? That's wonderful. I know we could make a whole show as mm -hmm. with you and with the other guests, but uh, I want to um, make that be our uh, an encapsulation of a very large charge going on in Kyrgyzstan, in Bishkek. And um, I, if you wanted to uh, break in, uh, perhaps, and comment on what some of the others are talking about, because there's going to be a lot of similar themes about activism, about networking, about uh, crucial, high-stakes uh, policies. So um, I would like then to ask our next guest, Vladimir Bartenev, as I thank said, you. The, thank you 
you very much, Tale, uh, who's going to talk about some of the stereotypes that undermine our ability to work most close, more closely with Russian environmental and security entities to uh, secure and uh, enforce the best of public policy for all of us. Go ahead. Yes, thank Vladimir. you for, for this really interesting introduction. So, yes, I come from the country that uh, people in the States probably have the more stereotypes than of any other country in the world uh, because of the Cold War legacy and all these things. But I think the political landscape and the general uh, situation in the world is changing so dramatically uh, that my country, my home country, can really play a role in almost any subject which is being discussed uh, on the global agenda, whether it will be sustainability, whether it will be security in the broader terms. So my interest in sustainability came from uh, my participation in the World Bank project, uh, which was about strengthening potential of Russia as a donor. And I want to share with you some, uh, some of that, because um, several years ago, Russia has become a donor. It has been a recipient for many years. Uh, we had hard times uh, during the 90s and uh, in the beginning of uh, 2000s. And the hard times aren't over. Who knows, uh, who okay. knows what the rules uh, of the game are? <laughs> yeah, I love provocative questions, but I can, can comment on that. So basically, when uh, before the crisis, before the crisis, um, we decided that we have enough money and potential to uh, re-emerge as a donor on the international stage. Crisis has changed that, but we still believe that we are on the right track on that. So... Uh, this was my interest, and uh, from this interest in development uh, and Russia becoming as a donor, um, it lacks still it lacks human potential in this arena because it was lacking for uh, these two decades. Uh, it it is lacking knowledge. So what I'm trying to get out from this conference, is, and that's why I started uh, this center at uh, Moscow State University uh, for Security and Development Studies to uh, try to combine both activism and uh, academic scholarship, which I think is possible. It's a deadly combination. If only it continued. <laughs> if only it maintained that momentum. Yes. Both, they both need each other desperately. Yes, I think uh, there is room for, uh, for com combining these two things uh, in Russia right now because you can be uh, an expert and at the, at the same time an activist for the policies that you are trying to advocate. So um, combining these security and development issues are really, uh, really one of the most important things, I think, on the global agenda right now. Um, so this is what my background is. And oh, thank you. I want for the listeners who've just tuned in, you're listening to five of the contributors at the Newkirk Center Sustainability Conference hosted this week at UCI. And we're talking to people from all over the world, and they're all in Studio A with me. Uh, my next uh, guest is uh, Rosa... Rosa I don't Rocio know. Rosio Carranza. Rosio Carranza. <laughs> and I want to make sure, that's where we put the emphasis, uh, the accent and the lovely Spanish names and words. And she's from, as I said, San Jose, Costa Rica. And she has decided that acting is not enough. It's a matter of taking a, a social and environmental message to the public through her connections in massive communication. And so uh, we know there's a great deal at stake in Costa Rica with the, all the mineral extractions and the consequences it has with the general public. So tell us wh why you decided to mobilize your celebrity status into communicating a broader public health environmental message to the Costa Rican public. Okay, uh, well, I work, work as an actress since I was 11 years old. Oof. Now I'm 31. So uh, people know me in my country. As an artist... Uh, I have the facility of communicating. So that's my role in society. The uh, uh, artist's role is that. So I don't uh, think it's different acting from the activism, social and environmental activism. Um, so, well, many years ago, I began using my image for promoting good causes uh, and mobilizing uh, huge amounts of people in my country uh, for example uh, with we fight it against the free commerce treat with the United States the free commerce treaty yeah uh, yes huge uh, comp 
consequences for yes. the countries with, that are a bit outmaneuvered by the, l- the larger signatories in that agreement. Yes, we believe in free commerce, of course, but uh, in a level made playing field, maybe. by justice, no injustice. Uh, well, we lose that fight, but we are we continue in the fight, and now we are seeing the results of that, of course. Tell us a bit uh, about well. Uh, Uh, well, different kind of things, but now, uh, for example, we are fighting against gold mines, open gold mines. Um, I've me- I've done. I I try to commit uh, the common citizens to take their role in society and to be interested in politics and in the decisions of the country. So I've made many videos. I take famous people from Costa Rica who do sports or singers, actors. Uh, well, also I try to put uh, diff- uh, transsexual people. I try to put all kind of citizens that we are all the same at the end. Uh, so uh, they give the message and they, so I try to make the connection be- between the em- environmental organizations and between the specialists to the common citizens. There are the ones who at the end put the vote for <laughs> the president uh, in the elections. Um, also, we are fighting against uh, the petroleum and gas extraction by the Malon Oil Company from the United States. We are in that fight now. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, we um, don't know if we are going to win this, uh, but we are there. <laughs> uh, I just made a, a massive congregation in a park before I came here, and the uh, many people went there. Also, many uh, no uh, people from the politics and op- opposition and throughout the the country. Can you uh, figure um, were uh, able to uh, mobilize? Where or was it mostly people from? Uh, Well, uh, in this one, I made it in Facebook. So I use social networks. So everybody came from all over the country? Uh, no, in this one, no, because I planned it two days before. Okay. But I've done s- m- uh, many of them where people from all the country come. Uh, also, I'm part of an organization, Misión Humedales Vida Para Todos, that what we uh, preserve are wetlands that are the most important ecosystems in the world because they are the water deposits. Uh, and the first offense from a hurricane. We found that out in New Orleans. No <laughs> no wetlands, no protection. Uh-huh, no protection for nothing. And no water. That it's the most important thing <laughs> for life. Uh, so, I don't know. I am trying to mobilize people. And because people in Costa Rica, uh, youth, uh, say, oh, no, I don't like politics. And that this is what I like about this seminary. Because I thought it was something only uh, environmental, but about the green part. And no, what I like is that uh, everything is united. The politics, uh, the the environmental, well, the green part, uh, everything is the same thing. So that's what I try to do in Costa Rica, to interest people in politics. I also do campaigns uh, when the each uh, every four years uh, we have to choose for a president. I do campaigns for the one I think that will help my country. And, well, I try to make people be interested in all those things. Ms. Carranza, I'm thinking that with the, the stakes being so high, there have been people now killed in the, in the, uh, in the out in the field, so to speak, uh, in defense of good environmental protection. And so it, it seems that these celebrities, are they making their, are they giving their heft, their, uh, their, their power of their high visibility and putting it in a, a place where they're that they themselves are in harm's way to demonstrate and be examples to the people that are being activists out in the field uh, and trying to keep their stand their ground amidst this uh, uh, very invasive mineral extraction that has public yes. health problems no yes and of course you have to give a lot of you to fight against this these things and also if you are like famous Uh, when you are against a gold mine or against uh, economical interests, of course, it's difficult for your image and, and sometimes to get a job. I've lost every many jobs uh, because of this, but I've won uh, a lot of things that make me 
mm, a better human being and so I'm a very uh, a best person uh, because I do this and not because the job I lost <laughs> is uh, so yes but it's difficult to find uh, famous people to to be in these causes to it's not that it's easy for me I have to find a uh, search and search and I find them <laughs> Well, I'm very glad to hear about that. Um, very, uh, I thank you for that, and very uh, impressed by what you're um, willing to um, to sacrifice in the name of a, a broader good. I wanted to next talk with uh, Sarah Wolcott. As I said, she's working in England currently as an American, um, as a consultant and research on climate change, human values, and global transitions to sustainability. Sarah, what? Uh, are you working toward and are you finding uh, you can contribute and take away from the sustainability conference this week? Thank, uh, thank you very much for having us all on. Um, uh, well, I do a lot of work to try to be mending some of the damages that we've been doing and building some of the bridges. Um, so that's between academia and research and activism. And it's also between climate change and financial crises and economics. Um, so I work as a researcher and I also work as an, um, I'm involved with a lot of policy and activism. And as an American, living, I've been living abroad for about three years. And, you know, we live in a really diverse, globalized, changing world right now. And it's incredibly exciting. And the countries and perspectives that are gathered here at the University of Irvine, I think are really bringing that to the fore. Um, and certainly myself and many others here are hoping to be building the networks that are going to enable us to bring sustainability forward in the next uh, 10, 20, 30 years. Because we're all young and we're all um, aiming towards very similar goals, even though we're coming from di very different places and very different perspectives. Wonderful. And are, can you tell us about uh, whom has contracted you as a consultant? At, um, Sh Sure. Well, so, for example, um, I've been doing a lot of work for the Institute of Development Studies, which is where I was working before I was consulting. And um, so in that role, I've been looking at the relationship between climate change and security and conflict, um, particularly focusing because my work is in international development, particularly focusing in East Africa. Um, so like, how is it that we're going to be enabling people to um, build, to respond to people who are engaged in conflict situations? Um, around the world to be also be responding to the changes in the environment and the changes in the climate and to not see and an, another piece of work I've been engaged in has been the relationship between you know economic growth and climate change and to not see the um, economy economy and the ecology as two separate things but rather as intertwined. Sarah, and, do you, I'm yeah, sorry, do you see ahead. a difference in the uh, demographic or the cultural response to that connection between uh, economic development and climate change in the around the UK and in Western Europe versus what you've seen, uh, what you've witnessed in the United States? So That's a good question. Where's our center, <laughs> where's our political center of gravity versus the uh, mm -hmm. outside of the United States? So we, uh, we can appreciate just well, how off I, the mark we're getting. <laughs> um, the financial crisis has really um, both hurt and helped the environmental movement, and depending upon who you're talking to. Um, in the United States, we see the climate change has really decreased in people's importance as people become increasingly concerned for jobs and economic growth. And that's true in Europe, and that's true in the United Kingdom, and that's true in Eastern Europe, and in many ways all over the world. And there's a lot of fear that because of the financial crisis, um, the environmental discourse would lessen. Um, but at the same time, we actually have a growth in the green. The green growth ideas are growing. Green job movement is growing internationally. A lot of the um, ideas that have been coming out of particularly California around what does it mean to have a green for all and some of the, the integrating green and economic growth together or just green and jobs together is, to, is growing and is steadily taking off. And most of my colleagues and I are not at all worried that eventually we're going to be moving towards a more green economy. Um, my question is, how much pain is it going to be before we get there? Um, or how far behind the a power curve are we with other countries seizing the economic opportunities? Certainly of that China has been doing a significantly better job of seizing, say, wind power and um, other countries. Solar. Have solar. Having said that, um, you know, the oil economy is still dominant. And there's just there's no doubt about that. Culturally, I would say the United Kingdom is really... They're really struggling right now. 
you know, they're really struggling and they're going through a lot of uh, changes in their government and changes in their in their politics. And, and I would say probably the thing that's missing the most is just a sense that people can really make a difference in the work that they're doing and in their own lives. And, um, and you do see a lot more activism in the United Kingdom than you have in the past right now. There is certainly a lot more mobilization. But, do pe- and, but this is sort of the real question of our times, isn't just sort of the, the, the political discourse. Um, and what's going to be happening. But do individuals and organizations, are they able to use the power in their person to stand up to make a difference, no matter what their age or no matter where they're coming from? And it's that's really what we need to be focused And I think almost everyone at this conference would probably agree with that, that it's who we are as individuals and as networks together globally that's going to enable us to deal with all the issues of security and climate and economy. Excellent. I wanted to remind listeners, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming live on KUCI.org. All around the world, we're hoping, with our friends here joined by family and friends where they come from all over the world. And uh, we are talking with five guests, all uh, congregants here at the uh, Newkirk Center Sustainability um, on Earth uh, conference here, hosted at UC Irvine. And our Final guest, but uh, not the only one, um, is Solange Teles de Silva from Sao Paulo and Manos, um, Brazil. She's, as I said, an attorney and environmental uh, law professor at both McKenzie University and the State University of Amazons in Manos. And I uh, thank you for coming, Solange, uh, to the show. Um, tell us a bit about uh, what's at stake, uh, how you're engaged in the high stakes there, uh, as we notice uh, yet more killings in the field, uh, in the Amazon, uh, and uh, and the consequences of that. Okay, uh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being invited to be here. Uh, I think that uh, when we talk about Brazil, you are uh, we are always interested uh, in Amazon, uh, Amazon region. and The lungs and the heart of Brazil. Yes, the largest fo- tropical forests in the world. And we are always uh, thinking about the forest uh, as only biodiversity. But we do not think about also the social social diversity that we have also in this region. I mean, uh, when we are talking about environmental law, we are not only talking about forest, water, air, but also people that live in the forest. And Who've so always been there. Yes, and that have, has always been there. And uh, what I'm doing now uh, is that I'm a professor and a researcher also. And in the field, uh, I'm trying to uh, study law, not only on the books, but law uh, on the ground. And how can we enforce this uh, legislation, these laws? And uh, how can we apply these laws thinking about also social and uh, biodiversity? And uh, when you think about Amazon region, it's not only Brazil, but also other countries as Peru, Colombia, Equator, and all the countries that are in Amazon region. Uh, the uh, big deal now uh, to Brazil, uh, as a country that is in growing so fast, developing so fast, uh, e- are concerned also the forest but also energy and um, uh, if you take into account energy uh, they have been planned to build uh, more than 20 uh, hydroelectric plants in Amazon region 20 and, 20, and throughout yes. all the countries not just in Brazil uh, in Amazon region right and uh, how many in Brazil in Bra- in Brazil all of I, these are just I, yes, in Brazil all okay. these, oh, oh, not outside not, okay. not outside and uh, uh, we had so many fights uh, the in the construction of these dams. Uh, Belo Monte is the la- latest uh, example uh, that we can give to you. And uh, we do not have heard all the indigenous population that are in this area. And uh, uh, we bring this case to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights uh, to the Inter-American Commission of Human Rights, I, I would like to say, and uh, they uh, said to Brazil to stop uh, to build this uh, dam 
and the Brazil uh, said that uh, they will not stop to build this dam. It's the Belo so Monte. Belo Monte Dam. Yes. Monte. Okay, so that people can look that up. And uh, and so in one hand we have uh, this problem with energy because we think always that the dams are uh, so clean and uh, we have 80% of our ne- energy by hydroelectric plants. Uh, but what I would like to say is that maybe uh, in the future or our fight would be to have a river without a dam. It's one side of the question. Uh, another side of the question uh, the, of these issues that we are facing now with the enforcement of environmental law, uh, we have, for example, genetic modified crops uh, that Brazil is uh, l- making liberalizations of all these crops and uh, maybe in the last next months we will have uh, the commercial liberalization and commercialization of bean modified crops uh, we do not have had all the studies that I I think that it would be necessary for and uh, some of NGOs in the public hearing that has been in last May uh, said that, for example, we had had studies that have been conducted for only two years in the field, and uh, they discovered uh, 22 uh, crops and only two uh, have growth, and they abandoned the other 20, and so we do not know uh, what's going on with the 10, 20 others. And uh, maybe they will liberalize uh, these uh, crops. And uh, I think that we need more studies and we need to implement the precautionary principle. Uh, On the other hand, the third thing that I would like to highlight is that our forest code, um, there is a bill in the National Congress to change our forest code. And it will represent a percentage of deforestation of protected areas in uh, private properties uh, that will make uh, growth our carbon emissions. And so maybe our president will make a veto uh, in this bill if it passes in our National Congress. I hope so, and I hope so. And all what the scientists made. Uh, is she saying she will? In her campaign, in her presidential campaign, uh, she had said that she will make a veto. And and so I, I really hope so. And uh, taking into account these three examples of them, of uh, hydroelectric plants, of GMO, and of uh, our forest code, I would like to say that maybe uh, what we need is to have uh, bridges between science and society. Because uh, it's not only a problem, a technological problem, it's not only a technical problem, but it's the perception of the, so- of the risk and the social risks of developing some kinds of uh, techniques, of uh, uh, constructions, of uh, choice of energy, uh, choice of uh, uh, nanotechnology or biotechnology and not having all the studies that we need. And I think that this conference may be, it's very important and interesting to give to us a network to explore information and public participation to change things all around the world. It's time to. It's it's time to, folks. That's the message. That's the takeaway message to, to mobilize. Well, I want to make sure that uh, everybody knows with these illustrious guests, we are going to have a chance for you with the podcast that I will be uh, putting up after uh, the show's broadcast that you'll be able to get in touch with all of them because networking is the only way we're going to get our big job done, everybody. Well, we're we're just, at, unfortunately, we have to close. Maybe we can give every one of my five guests here a chance to give their best, uh, to make a best brief uh, sort of expression of what they want to, what they want to um, appeal to our listeners to do uh, and to follow. So uh, we'll start with Soleil. What do you say, what was, what's your appeal to the listeners in terms of getting them as active as you've been? Mm, I think that the United States is a country of freedom. So uh, what you uh, promote with this, I mean, uh, United States always 
it is a very tolerant and free, free country, so uh, it is a good example for the other world to live, because it is my first visit to the United States, and I'm happy to see how uh, how society can be built. So uh, thank you for um, inviting me from my country to the United States. Thank you. And uh, I, I wish United States to uh, to be healthy, wealthy, and uh, to uh, to to grow grow and grow. Thank you so much. Vladimir. Yes, m- probably m- my uh, the most important message is basically do not be afraid of taking new paths even in, in these uh, really uh, hard times, uh, whether it will be um, fighting the economic crisis or uh, finding the sustainable solutions to other global problems and learn from each other because uh, only in this uh, global w- globalized world you can have solutions only if they are global and global is about sharing ideas with each other. Okay, thank you. Rocio. (laughs) Yes, I'll tell you, you have the power and don't be afraid of changing, making changes in your community, so then changes will be made in your country. And we have the power, we vote for our presidents, our governors, so you can make the change. You are the same important as the ones who has the have the big corporations. Thank you. And uh, Sarah. What we can what we have made we can unmake and we can make it again and we can make it better. Um, and th- there's there's so much that we as Americans can do when we work with our international colleagues. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, Solange I think that I can make the difference, you can make the difference, we can make the difference. And so let's do it. Okay, thank you so much, all of you. It's a time we have. This is it. We've barely scraped the surface of the monumental contributions my guests continue to make. Again, the public is invited to attend the uh, evening programs for the Newkirk Center of Sustainability Conference continuing tonight and tomorrow night at UCI's Behavioral excuse me, the Social Behavioral Science Building, 1517, 7 o'clock tonight and tomorrow night. Also, as I said, check out for my, at my podcast, Ask a Leader, on the KUCI.org website for the means to continue the all-important networking with each guest. Now, after a brief break, we'll return to talk with uh, actor, dancer, local activist Archer Altstetter and the impresario of a treat to be had in Santa Ana this summer. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Ask a Leader at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. As promised uh, during uh, this latter part of the show uh, here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, my guest is Archer Altstetter, returning to this show, this time to talk about the free Friday night concert series in Santa Ana as the summer series new impresario. Welcome to the show, Archer. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you are so kind to bring the verve and the content that uh, makes radio what I like radio to be. Oh, so thank I, you so much. <laughs> and <laughs> as, uh, as the lead in, we talked about, uh, we, we, um, we were hoping we'll get some tastes of what uh, is to come in the bookings that Archer's uh, responsible for. Tell us about this Friday night series has the, is this just the launching now or well yeah the, uh, this week well I'm doing it's the downtown summer concert series in Santa Ana Fr- 10 weeks of Friday night concerts I'm very excited the concerts go from 5 until 9 in the evening we're probably going to run over we're allowed to go to 10 but we're only scheduled till 9 <laughs> we're only we only scheduled till 9 but I have a feeling they're going to be so successful that we gave ourselves well, the city gave us a pad to go all the way till 10 um, we do now have tell me when they start again what time oh, of the oh, night 5 till 5 to 9 every Friday evening for the next 10 weeks and um, we have uh, we have four, over 48 bands booked and everything from indie pop to rock Latin rhythms um, Latin rock flamenco we have some mariachis 
Santa Ana High School marching band's going to participate. I'm really looking forward to that one because it's going to be a real, it's going to be a really great surprise how we have that staged. Oh dear, all, which, uh, which week is that? Uh, Do you know which oh, one yet? Oh, I don't have it on the top of okay, my head. Okay, well, it'll come back to your head yeah, while we so uh, play something. Maybe they're going to be they're going to be staged on top of all of the buildings in downtown Santa Ana. It's going to be really cool. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's going to be really fun. I, um, so I the, can see your footprint, your handprint, all over yeah, that one. And uh, we also have a beer and wine garden. So this is one of the one of the few times that Santa Ana's a. Uh, allowed this downtown great beer and wine garden so we have a vip section we also and it's a family event so. oh no let's break that down now for people that don't know if they have to pack a picnic or can pack a picnic who gets what when you, they come you can for dinner? um we it, it is a it is a it's on french plaza it's on the corner of fourth and french uh it's kind of on the east end of downtown santa Ana. it we it's a big open plaza on the corner it's a built-in sta- or a stage that's kind of a permanent stage built there uh, so we, but it, it will be cordoned off somewhat. There will be an empty entry pavilion. You can you can get ID'd when you go in with a wristband. We actually are going to give everybody wristbands. I'll have one that's 21 and over, and one that's not, uh, because the wristbands will have some value. So as you go to all the stores in downtown Santa Ana, if you've been to the concert series, you get discounts or throughout the know, whole 10 weeks. Throughout the whole 10 weeks. Oh wow! So um, the wristbands will have value. They're free, but um, the, so all the merchants downtown know that. They came. They came special for the concert series, and we'll get some benefit from that. Uh, you can pack a lunch, pack a picnic. We also have um, great volunteers. You know, there's over 66 neighborhood associations in in Santa Ana, and it's a, uh, just a little bit about Santa Ana. It's Orange County's largest city. It's the fourth most densely populated city in the U.S. Most people don't realize that it's. You know, there's New York, San Francisco. I forget the number three, and then Santa Ana. It's a big city. And um, it's great and urban, and I and I, and I I live downtown. It's great. I walk everywhere. But um, so you can you can pack a picnic basket, or you can um, order from one of the restaurants. So all the rest, a lot of the restaurants will have, and we have great restaurants downtown. We'll have um, their menus out there, their to-go menu. So you can call and call the restaurant, order your food, and we'll have one of our volunteers from one of the restaurant associations run to the restaurant pick up the food and bring it to you on the plaza. Now, let's say somebody's going to bring their own picnic. Can they Can they bring, they cannot bring. No, you can't bring your own alcohol. But you, you can you bring can, anything but that. Anything but alcohol. You can okay. bring anything but alcohol to the plaza. And the alcohol is in a and contained we, area and there. And alcohol is in a contained area. However, you can um, go on to all the restaurants downtown. We have great restaurants. And that's the idea. The wristband is to say you we're know, supporting the enterprises yeah, yeah. down so, there. And then, so you can take your wristband down to one of the restaurants and, um, I just talked to Chapter One, which is this fantastic new restaurant that opened downtown. Uh, Chapter One, the modern local, has fantastic steaks and great music, and um, it's just a fun, cozy place. Um, but there, so they'll be um, if you come in with your wristband, and they'll give you a shot <laughs> in the arm, as it were. Now, you mentioned Archer that um, there are sixty-six neighborhood associations. Were they uh, contributing toward this ten-week uh, uh, extravaganza well, of concerts they're, they're, um, with volunteers? Right. With, as, as far as volunteers, and then um, with and the, you're with, good at that. We talked the last time you were on. We talked about a thousand volunteers. Now you're yeah, you yeah, know I how do. to drum them up for good things. I do. I, and get community activism and involvement and getting people getting people involved and participating in their community not just standing on you know it's kind of one of those things if you don't vote you can't bitch oh am I allowed to do it oh, that's <laughs> you can't kvetch you, you can't kvetch <laughs> if you haven't voted and there you know there are people that are in the community that um you had mentioned you know some of the things about you know, there's some controversy in Santa Ana with, you know, the, the well, city's evolving. Well, we're concerned about that. The, the color's going from beige to white. We want to... Uh, well, which is funny. I live in downtown Santa Ana. I've been there for 20 years, and I'm white. It's not going anywhere as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's the same to me. Um, but um, some of the people that are complaining and whining and saying, oh, we're being chased out, but, or, you know, we're not... We're not we have meetings all the time. They're open meetings. Come, tell me what you want to do. I have, I have, I had a lot. I have. Oh, yesterday, I had, I had one of the merchants yell at me for a half hour that this con- because this concert didn't start until five o'clock. Oh, they wanted it well, earlier. And, and and she was insistent. Mind you, this is a travel agent in downtown Santa Ana. When, when and think about when's the last time you've used a travel agent. 
Well, that's yeah. why she wants more business because nobody is using them. Nobody's using travel agents. So she wants people but to come see her. But she is blaming me and Downtown Inc. and all of this. You know, this this change is happening. Well, there were there were probably fifty travel agents in downtown Santa Ana, and they're all closing. And and, and most of them are Mexican travel agents, and they're closing. But uh, American Express Travel, which had thousands, tens of thousands of agents, they're closed. Okay. And so, so, so these downtown Santa Ana's travel agents are are not having business, and they're blaming. And I realized I was trying to debate with you, and I was trying to you know work with her and say, come, you know, this is this, the, the, you know, the people work until five o'clock. She said no. The people that live here in downtown Santa Ana go to work at four in the morning and they get off at two. Yeah, that's true, Archer. What? They do. But the problem is, <laughs> is how to... You're, uh, well, well, you're I, I just, economic I'll, development I'll, to economic development here. I'll disagree because I, 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 they, go, they don't go to work at four in the morning. I'm, I live downtown Santa Ana. And the, the traffic is busy between seven and ten. But they're coming from another part of the, the region. No, no. But they're, they're, and they're up already. We're starting at four o'clock from in Riverside or Corona or, or the people that live. But I mean, I live downtown Santa Ana. Uh, right. I promise. Okay. I promise. I live downtown Santa Ana, and there's there's nobody downtown between nine and 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 five because they're all at work. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's so at you're work. Saying, so you're not diverting traffic. You're just not, there's just you're nobody. You're just expanding the traffic so for the evening. So we're trying. So when people get their paycheck on Friday, okay. Think about it's Friday. It's payday, and you have your paycheck, and you go to downtown Santa Ana at five o'clock, and all the stores are closed. So you're going to go to Target. You're going to go to the mall. You're going to go to the Block of Orange. You're going to go to downtown Disney. You're going to go to South Coast Plaza. And the people that live downtown in nine two seven zero one, I have the demographics on it. They're educated, they're doctors, there's lawyers. They're not first generation US. They're second, third generation citizens. They have they have they're well educated, they have money, and on Friday evening they want to go out and they want to spend their money. But she wants to close her store at four o'clock on Friday and she wants me to do an event at noon. Well, maybe, when everybody's at work. Well, maybe you can uh, take what you can from the evening template and look for, like, what I know that downtown uh, Los Angeles, around the Grand Avenue, they have that, uh, was it Thursday, open-air performances that are um, uh, underwritten by the tenants uh, and the builders, uh, the, uh, the tenants and the uh, owners of the skyscrapers for mm-hmm. the grand performances and the the uh, the MoCA uh, venues. Oh, yeah. So anyway, there there may be a template for you to well, the, have you know, a series are, in the uh, for the lunch crowd. We, there there is that potential. I mean, we do have that potential. We could launch that idea here. Yeah. Oh no, well no, we, and we, that it's is there. all considered. But that's it's also one of the things where they she won't come to a meeting. Okay, well then she needs to come to the meeting. Yeah, she's kvetching and, and yelling at needs me. Needs to but put that energy refused, into something a little more constructive. Refuse, and I, I had an interaction last night after the city council meeting. Sam said, why won't you do a thing in the morning? I said, Sam, I've been to your store four times. I'm begging you for a meeting. And she and, and, and a reporter was there, Adam Buska from the uh, Voice of OC was right there beside me. And I he said, he said, I, I said, call me. He said, I don't have your number. And I said, oh, and I, he said, I, I threw your card away. This is one of the people that I'm begging to come. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I, I'm here to help you. Okay. And he's beg, and he said, I threw your card away. Well, the, the challenge is on to find the ones who are going to help you institutionalize an yeah. afternoon kind of engagement, so that uh, the so impresario the, and, and, um, and you know there is a so we, it's really about expanding the base. Yes. Yes, agreed. I, I, for those who've just tuned in, we're talking to Archer Altstetter, performer and local activist, now the impresario for the new Friday night summer concert series starting this week in San Ana. It's 10 weeks uh, in a row, as we said, with all kinds of uh, bookings. And most of them are, are hailing from nearby. Are they, Is it mostly yeah, local almost, talent? Yeah, local talents. And I, local downtown Santa Ana artists. Now, has your memory returned about exactly what day we're going to see the Santa Ana High School Band? Oh, no. Marching I band no, up atop the actually, buildings? Well, you know, Santa Ana High School uh, uh, is becoming an all-arts high school. Okay. They are active, you know, kind of the... the the high schools in Santa Ana, there's ones, some that are kind of focused more on sports, some that are focused more on um, industrial. Like there's one called High School Inc. that the Santa Ana Chamber of Commerce really helped develop, um, which is, you know, straight to 
straight to industry and trade school, trade. And, um, but Santa Ana High School, which is like the closest to downtown, or it's just, it's basically downtown, is becoming an all arts high school. They have incredible dance programs, arts, singing. They have huge choirs and like the Glee Club stuff that goes to New York. They go compete. They win awards all over. And so all of the, all of the downtown Santa Ana High School kids are getting to perform at this. Plus we have all the, just tons of artists that work, uh, music and bands and that are in most of the local nightclubs, the Crosby, Chapter One, the Copper Door, the Gypsy Den, um, all of these places hire all these bands all the time and they all live right downtown Santa Ana. And so that's, that's who local. we're hiring. That's, you can't get more local. Are the Budros, Boudros and the Inkblots, are they from nearby? Mm-hmm. They're right there. Because yeah. I know they're, you can look up some of their websites. Oh, and, and this week, you know what's, what? And well, So this week we have the Relative Strangers, the Moan, the Inkblots, the Budros, and they're, they are a funky band. <laughs> they're cool. And then um, we also have Zumba with Josue. That's okay. Oh, wow. Sweet. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I know we're going to have to wrap this up shortly. And also to give uh, folks a taste of uh, what is to come with uh, at least one track that uh, Archer was kind enough to bring in here. So um, actually, why don't you give us maybe a little in introduction to the well, the first track we're going to be able to play to take out the show. Um, can you um, tell us a little bit about the um, band it, and who well, they are? The Boudreaux, uh, well, they actually did, you know, for the Boudreaux, we invited them. We did a big uh, cocktail mixer reception, and every merchant in downtown Santa Ana hand-delivered invites to every merchant in downtown Santa Ana in invitations in English and Spanish, just just to clarify that I am working to include everybody. Um, but they, uh, we had it at the Copper Door, and they performed... Um, they were our entertainment and they are um, an alternative band they have like wash bar like a washboard like a literally a washboard time to bring that back so uh washboard and alternative instruments nothing nothing classical and they're kind of like a folksy uh fusion uh band and so but this um this first song is into the fire into the fire we're going to play that to take out the show i want to thank archer altstetter for being today on our show to bring us the the uh the latest and the greatest coming up uh, for these next 10 fridays santa Ana. it's the free concert series friday night starting at five o'clock going till nine up to ten if we're lucky and uh thank you archer for coming and come back again and post us on uh, what's the next uh institution that you're helping develop and i want to thank all bunch of them excellent (laughs) Uh, that's what we're that's what we want to give a full air to so um it's been a pleasure to have you all uh with me today on ask a leader thanks for coming everybody and that's all we have as i said stay tuned for george had a hat with george rosales but now back to the boudros to close it all out Thank you.